Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey everybody, welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. Another fun, uh, another fun and interesting episode today. Uh, I've got Susan Gold s- sitting here next to me. Uh, hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it's going to be kind of fun. I just landed in Austin, Texas, capital of Texas. And, uh, you know, it's hot in Texas right now, I can tell you that. Um, had a great great interview with the jar at the library uh with dj kimmy k she's a local she's a local actually a famous dj locally uh she's got a pool party at the four seasons this weekend she she spins for google disney all kinds of cool stuff really great fun interview and that'll be up in about two weeks uh definitely look out for that on the jar uh the jar podcast platform Susan, thanks again for being a guest. Um, like we talked a little bit before, um, why don't you go into a little background? Tell us, you know, how did you, how you ended up in the mental health space and, you know, a little bit about who you are and, and tell about, tell us about your passion. Yeah, first, I just want to thank you for the journey you're taking us on. And I appreciate mm-hmm. the work that you're doing and the content you're producing and the service you're providing. Thank you, so thank you yeah. Ken. Thanks. So I've ended up a coach and a transformer and a first time author. And if you would ask me 10 years ago, I would have laughed. <laughs> Especially the author part, right? Oh, totally. I didn't think my story was that interesting or I had much to say, but yeah. I was told in 2007 by an Irish seer, I had a book to write and I was gonna help people. And I just pushed that right under the rug. I did not wanna have anything to do with that. And then back to back intuitives told me in 2019, 2020, you got a book to write. And the, Last one said, I have three books to write. So I thought, okay, I'm going to get busy now before I have a freaking library. <laughs> yeah, I'm running out of time. And the books, yeah, that is so fun. Well, the books are getting shorter. Make them short stories. <laughs> That's interesting, though. 2007, and you just rejected it outright. Yeah, I really, I you know what? There was purpose and point that there was evolution to, to walk through yeah. before I really knew. Yes what I needed to sort of give birth to in black and white. And I'm grateful. And it was an incredible process to thread it all together and then to share some of the actual exercises that have helped Mm. me move through the stuff that, that I've experienced and to share that for others and now see other people being activated by the story, but also really those transformative tools. I had no idea, Ken. That's interesting. So what, what was, what kind of, what do you want to share about your experience that kind of made you realize you might want to put that to use? I realized I have a different perspective. I don't know if it was listening to Marianne Williamson talk on Course in Miracles back in the 80s before she was, she was sleeping at my friend Tara's in the spare bedroom and, you know, <laughs> just hoofing it. Um, oh, it she, that could have bled in. Yeah, she told a story of coming in from the airport and the cab driver was just really abusive and gruff. And she was sure to tip him double when she got out of the cab. And it just hit me like a lead rock back then. I was like, what? 
But that's really um, been weaving its way through how I live and how I move through my history. I come from a very chaotic home to genius parents, an astrophysicist who was also an alcoholic and had a bit of a sexual addiction and narcissistic. And then my mother soothed through food and she never got her chance at the advanced education. She got five kids by the time she was 30. And she was treated, yeah, she was treated with diet pills, which was speed back then. And I believe also she may have had a very serious mental health issue. Yeah. She was so kind and beautiful. And then she could switch on a dime and I'd be beaten and see stars and brown out. And um, the, the platform was unstable. Whoa. That's, yeah, these are tough I don't know how people get through that and really, you know, cause the, there's some, there's some ugly years of finding yourself after a childhood like that. But I was grateful for the walk ultimately I, looking back. I mean, I knew then I knew something was fluffed up at two years old. I knew something was awry and a mess and I knew my home wasn't safe. My first thought of suicide, I was six. I was in the kitchen. I opened the cabinet doors where all the pots and pans and knives were stored. And I took one of the carving knives out of the block and I, I surveyed the blade and I thought, you know what? I could just put this through my heart right now and it could all be over. And my mom bellowed from the hallway, Susie, where are you? And I just slammed that knife back in. Oh, man. Fast, yeah. That's kind of weird that your mom would, like, that's how connected children are to their mothers. I was very connected to her. I didn't understand how connected until she transitioned a couple of years ago. We lived on opposite sides of the country. And I was telepathic as a kid. I'm incredibly intuitive and a super empath, so I just suck it all up. But we were communicating telepathically while she was here because it's the same thing now. I get the messages. Yeah. And was she gifted? I believe she was. Although she, she didn't. Yeah. She didn't. She didn't really let that out. But yeah, I believe she was highly gifted. Definitely. Yeah, and I think back then people didn't know. Didn't talk. It was almost like, it, and you would almost probably feel like you, something's wrong with you. In her generation, oh, yeah, you wouldn't let that out. You, yeah, you wouldn't. It's not something you would share. You'd be in the. You'd be in one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Yeah, I think nine or ten was when I shut the telepathy down because it got me in too much trouble. Adults did not like what I had to say. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, you would be fun at, at, at little cocktail parties. Ooh, yeah, and there were a few. I, I left Susie coming up and saying something to one of the men, like. Yeah. No, my mommy's taken. She has a husband. <laughs> my mommy has a boyfriend already. Yeah. It usually went in the reverse, but yeah. <laughs> that would be a little bit awkward. Oh, man. Well, what yeah, are you I doing? Have, yeah. I, I have three, three uh, brothers and a sister. We all have very different experiences in that household. And I left the morning after I graduated from high school. I, I graduated on a Friday night. I left at 7.45 Saturday morning. And I didn't often go back. Um, and I had to take some space away from, mm. from my mother and my father. I didn't really interact for a while. And that really helped me find myself because those red flags came up 
in my early twenties. I too had to get clean and face clinical depression and narcissistic abuse. So all that has brought me forward, right. To where I am now, like it's all exquisite experience and opportunity for soul evolution. Looking back, I mean, going through it, it was the march of hell at points and excruciating. Yeah, like we were saying, like I said, I the that's one part that surprised me on my journey with the jar is no matter how rough people's childhoods are, that they embrace it on reflection. You know, I think, like you said, the red the, those red years when you're when you're trying to figure out what happened to you, and then when you put it all together, mo- a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people do get it together at the end, and and they yeah, embrace which- it which is really incredible. And that's a bit of what I do now. Um, Yeah, help. Yeah, tell us about what you're doing now. How do you, how have you put this experience to use? So first I send people to my book because it's all laid Mm. out there and the tools are there. And I really encourage people to go. The book, I think it's called Toxic Family, Transforming Childhood Trauma into Adult Freedom. And it's at all the likely places, Amazon, all that. Um, and then if they really want, if they really feel drawn and only drawn, like I stay away from this digital cacophony of marketing with these mm. emails and promising you to be my best friend. If you attend my free webinar and buy my course for a <laughs> hundred dollars reduced from 5,000. <laughs> only today though, Susan. <laughs> and then I'm going to write you tomorrow and, and tell you, Oh, missed you. Come on back. Yeah, no, I, people are drawn to me for, for purpose and for, for, point, for, purpose. for reason. Yeah. And I, it, it's not easy. I'm very straightforward, no holds barred. And if everybody's got their process, everybody has their process and there's no shame mm. and there's kindness here, but here's what it is in black and white. Here's what worked for me. Here's what I can pass along to you. Here's some more resources. How about this? How about that? Yeah. What have you, have you seen a change? How long have you been, how long have you been doing this? Uh, the transformation is, is happening the last 18 months. Okay. So wow. um, I feel though that I have been doing this since yeah. childhood. I was the one with my friends, like listening with the open heart. Mm-hmm. And that happened all through the decades. And people didn't understand why they felt good around me or they felt better after they spoke with me. After, yeah, when they're when they're with you, with the space you hold. What kind of clients, I mean, you might, like you said, people are drawn to you. What are you, what are you seeing right now or feeling out there in the universe? What's what's the need? What's the kind of prevalent thing people are searching for? Grounding. Because the energies, the frequency is is rising. And so quickly we are transitioning, we are evolving and people are feeling it, maybe not knowing it and they don't understand why. So people that come are generally in search of some kind of grounding. They want to be heard. They want some kind of reassurance and then they want shared experience. And some tools. Hmm. And they want I, the shared experience is cool. 
right? Because that's, that's, I mean, it's interesting because it's hard to find. I mean, it is in a way with a therapist. You'd find it more in a group, right? I, I mean, because a shared experience for a therapist is one-on-one. That's going to be hard to match. Um, in a group, I can see you finding it. But the tools, I mean, I mean the self-help stuff of people really understanding how to and to put in the work. I mean, this is an interesting thing. I don't. I think ten years ago or twenty years ago, I don't know what that draw would have been. What I found, Ken, was it was really important to get that black and and white yeah. linear storyline that came from my head. Like that was super cool, but. 25 years into that, and I was straight back at square one. So what I learned was, I mean, I'm I'm body. I was an endurance athlete. I respond okay. physically, and I okay. hold trauma pockets in my body. So I've had to do somatic work, meaning go into my body and explore oh. those pockets. Is it current? Is it past? Is it ancient? Is it thick? Is it linear? Is it expansive? It Does it have color? What's the texture? And what are the emotions? And then I uh, go into all that, feel it, release it, and replace it with golden light. And that's what shifted me on a cellular level. I believe it's frequency. I believe it's vibration. I believe it's light. I think our healthcare system is going to change radically in the decades to come. I agree. Yeah, you probably know. Yeah. With all all your communication and all your travel. Yeah. It's too obvious. I I mean, the healthcare system is one ginormous band-aid machine. Right. I mean, it's it's basically all we are doing is fixing things that are caused by something else. It doesn't sound like healthcare. I mean, it's it, I guess it's healthcare by definition, but it's not it's not what we should be trying to figure out why people are getting cancer or why is hypertension there? Because we're under stress. We're emotional animals. We're we're vibrating, right? We're like you said, we're electric. I think it's a lot of a lot of those are symptoms. To me, heart attack, cancer, depression, probably even bipolar are all symptoms of some sort of trauma or some sort of mental challenge people are going through. So it's goofy to me. And then the, the sad realization, we're not call, we're not going to find the cure to cancer ever. We It's too good of a business. We have hospitals with like really important big people's names on it around cancer. You're not just going to tear those down tomorrow by finding a cure. I might be cynical, but I'm guessing that's probably the last thing they're looking for a real, really, really want. Because people have got PhDs in cancer. All of a sudden find out that we could, we had the treatment all along somewhere. You know, it was, it was a lot easier than we thought. Could be me. I might be cynical. Um, but I do think a lot of mental, the worry that people have, causes illness and and i think we got to radically change the way we look at at illness and health and i think for me what i needed to shift was my challenges and most importantly my challengers if i could really take a breath 
and stay strong, I could see them as opportunities for expansion, for growth, mm -hmm. for access to authentic love and compassion that is authentic from within and that glows outward. Who, what do you mean by a challenger? What does that look like? I'll give you an example. Yeah. So I, I went from New York City to LA for a career opportunity that looked so lovely and juicy and it was. But really what I went to, but really what I went to LA for was to meet one I consider my greatest guru. And that was the man who would become my ex-husband. <laughs> oh. And yes, okay. his mask fell. I saw who his authentic being was, and I had to step up to my own codependency and addiction and drop my narrative of being a victim Hang on. to walk through it and evolve. And it was a gift. What? Sorry, hang on, Susan. I'm, I've, I've, I've got a, an intruder in my ear. I don't know what happened. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. It's okay. Okay, there we go. Sorry, sorry. Thank. Sorry about that. Okay, I'm back. It's, it's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> Nice the, music, the, music, the music started coming on and I couldn't hear anything. Okay. So became your ex. Wait a minute. So you, your guru, you came to California, you had a chance to meet the guru. You had googly eyes and you <laughs> fell in love. Yeah. That's, what a story. Okay. And then what happened? His mask fell. I noticed I was becoming more drained and tried to make up accountable and that was the wrong thing to do. And the metaphor for the relationship was he would not leave the master and I was in a partial conversion on a mattress on the floor in our garage, in a home I had bought and cared for, for our family. And it was a, <laughs> it was a calendar year in that circumstance, holding no contact, including no eye contact. And that was what it took to fall on my head, that kind of billboard to see what I was accepting in my own life, even though I had done gods of work. I wasn't really coming from an authentic, self-loving place. And after walking through a year of that experience, we came to an agreement. I could write him a six-figure check and he could go on to his next source of supply. And that is why he's my guru. He taught me profound self-respect. He taught me my authentic power. And that's when I've truly changed. So life experiences, challengers can lead us to evolving. Okay. He yes. is <laughs> he is the ultimate teacher. Yes. Yes. And that you look at it that way, that you see it that way, Ken is beautiful. And I think that's a big that's piece a of my teacher. messaging. Yes. Yes. You know, if you, uh, th this is the, this, this, I mean, I don't want to say the silliest part, but it is kind of, we often say the people that we meet, right. We're supposed to meet them and the, and the let, like 
the people put in our path, right? And, and wow, what a, could you imagine the teachers just want like people that it might've set that up? Like, let's pretend there was somebody who kind of set it up and they're checking in. How's Susan doing? Well, she's moved into the garage. Oh, I didn't have that on my bingo list. Yeah. How long has it been? Six months. Ooh, she's stronger. That girl's stronger than I thought. She's going to be a hard nut to crack. Are they talking yet? No, they don't even make eye contact. Whoa. <laughs> I like waiting. And then one day Susan gets it and they're like, oh, what a journey. You can really speak from the truth. <laughs> like, do you have you had any clients though that have outdone you? Like out, like outlearned you. You know what? I don't see it that way. You know, I I I really hold no expectation. Okay. I don't sell packages. They yeah. come to me for a session. We experience well, it in the moment. I mean, more like when you when you talk to them, you're like, oh, you are still on the learning curve. Like I like I thought I took a long time to figure it out and they're coming to you. You know what I mean? Like they're really slow. They're real slow learners. Yeah. And to, and each person has their own trajectory, their own, right? Right their, own, right. their own journey. And their own, right? and their own movie. Yeah. And, and some movies movie. move slower than others. And yeah. some movies have thicker plots than others. It's all, it's all beauty. It really is when you really think about it. I mean, I, heck, we can do life review here now on earth. Yeah. Why wait till you get to the other side? Do it now. Drop all that guilt and shame. Yeah, I don't know what's on the other side, but it can't be this good. Like they don't have like, you know, you can't, you don't think you have the same feels, right? You're not a human. I mean, this is pretty good. I mean, I think they're fighting upstairs to get down here and be a human for a while. I think we're, you know. And as and like you said, the good and the bad, it's all part of our movie. Um, hey, you live, I think people living life now, this is the way. We are lucky as can be to be here. And uh I'm enjoying every minute of it and just get out there and you know, smush around with other humans. Yeah, which is beautiful. Yeah, there's no reason to be on your own. And you can always ask for help, even if it's a trusted confidant and friend. Yeah, get help. This is one of the things, you know, kind of talk a lot about this on the, um, on the podcast at different points in time, but you know, we're all, we are, you do feel alone. I think when people are going through a tough time, they feel like they're the only one. And, and I kind of like in it, you know, you're in a tunnel walking, kind of taking this, you know, one step, you know, kind of zombie, like one step at a time, you just kind of reach your hands out, spread your fingers and reach your arms out. I, in that darkness, I think you're going to find it like there's somebody else right there within arm's reach on both sides. You know, it's a crowded, it's a crowded, dark tunnel you're in. You're not alone. And there is light at the end. And just keep one step in front of the other and, and reach out if you need help. Someone's there. Someone is there. How do people find you? Oh, the, the just... website? Just yeah, go just to the website. To, yeah, SusanGold.us. That's it. And yeah. Are you still in California? So, I mean, physically, little, you're you're physically somewhere, but and obviously people can talk to you anywhere in the world. Yeah. It's that little voice whispered again, and Southern California was getting a little busy and crowded and overstimulating for my tax central nervous system. So 
I got moved. I got, I got reassigned. I'm in um, rural Northwest Montana. I could walk to Canada. It's four miles away. Yeah. Rural Northwest Montana. I am surrounded by mountains. It's sort of like the energy is like Sedona before Sedona got commercialized. It's truly exquisite here. I, yeah. I just, I am living in heaven on earth. And I, Montana was not even on my bucket list, Ken. It's on my bucket list and I've been there, been there, done that. And I think I probably traveled very close to wherever you are. Let me tell you where I was at. I'm just going to poke into my uh, in my little map somewhere, assuming I got my map up. I always keep my map up, Susan, where I've been. I was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Idaho, yeah, yeah. That's going to be close to you, right? Not, not that far, yeah. So I was in... Uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't. I was. I went past Kalispell. I am about an hour north of Kalispell. Oh, you're in Whitefish. No, I'm above oh, Whitefish. Oh, you're. Oh, yeah, you're way above Whitefish. If you're only, if you're that. Oh, yeah, you are really up there. It's <laughs> not even anything up there. I don't even know where you're at. You're out in the jungle. <laughs> That's. But I was. I I drove past you wild yeah i was i drove past you uh on the jar so i was i did a couple days i did all a month i did a good bit of montana it's great it's such it's god's country absolutely beautiful up there um it was a it's a spot i'd like to go back people ask me what was your actually that spot in in uh the court lane is it court lane mm -hmm. yeah i couldn't remember it. Mm -hmm. i couldn't remember it correctly that was beautiful just beautiful up there um and I did, I did drive up into Canada and did a U-turn just for fun. I was all the way up there. I was in some, somebody sent me up there on a back road and I was up <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I was in the middle of nowhere. Um, Susan, we're like, we're at the end kind of, I think we covered, I think I got out of you what I wanted to get out, you know, which is your story and, and how you work. Um, you've got the book. I like the fact you've got a guide for people. What's a first call like? If I reach out tomorrow, what's a what's the first call like with with you? I hear your story. I get to know your story, and mm -hmm. then we feel into okay, what would be a good next step for you? What feels good to you? And we might do a couple of exploratory exercises. Yeah, yeah. and find find a little peace, a little breath, a little expansion. That's the first first session usually. Yeah. Are you looking for a connection between the stories or are you looking for them to open up? Is it going to be kind of, they want to share that one thing they want to do. Okay. It's dropping the load. Remember Robert Nero in the mission and that load of crap he was carrying up that cliff. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first session dropping that load. And you know it when it happens. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, it's bliss. It's bliss. Does the client know? Oh, they feel it. They feel lighter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so they, they, they don't. Feel, they may not know. They may they, not know what 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 happened. What happened physically? Yes. But emotionally, they feel lighter 
and they, yeah, something's happened. There's a glow. And they don't know, and they'll come, and later I'm sure they come back to you and say, yeah, that was cathartic <laughs> or something happened. I want to talk to you again. Yeah, and they learn how to create it for themselves, how to go there themselves, and then how to do that with others. Because I'm not, I'm not about keeping you here and holding you back. Mm. I'm about learn it, expand it, and now carry it out to others. This world needs you. I love. I say I love that. That's my that's my theory on love. Self love. You know, love yourself, love another one, learn to accept love, and then go out in the world and with a loving heart, and show other people how to do it. Beautiful. Well, I hope you circle back here soon. I'll be looking for that jar van. Yeah. I, well, you know, I may start it. Who knows what's going to happen? People ask me, what are you going to do when it's all over? And I have no idea. So there's there's a possibility that I could fire the thing back up again and and start all over with a little, yeah, some kind of different twist. But but um, I'd love to do this all over again. I've, I've had an absolute blast. I need a little bit of a break, but um, I could see doing this, doing the jar part again all over. Absolutely fantastic. Love yeah, it's it. a very creative setup. It's genius and it's it's really helping expand our consciousness. So thank you again. Yeah, thanks. I it you know it is special. I finished today's session and the the guest was really, you know, she was kind of just kind of saying it a couple of times, like, wow, that was really cool. I feel really good. I feel light. <laughs> um I talked about stuff a couple of days ago. It was interesting. The guest was like can't believe I shared that. <laughs> and then she later sent me a note and said, I'm so glad I shared that because this happened and that happened. And, and obviously that was what I was supposed to share. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, we touched somebody. Or somebody, You're a touched shaman. Them, somebody touched themselves. Yeah. You know, I'm just the via. It's just really the opportunity for people to do, have their own conversation with themselves in a way. It's kind of, you know, it sounds like they're talking to the jar and other people, but actually it's really just talking to themselves. Expressing things that you know, but you never had an opportunity for someone to listen and to articulate things in your head, which is what you do, you know, which is what you're doing. Just holding space for people and let them work it out themselves. And you have a, a little, if that's not, enough then they have the tools right to run alongside very cool oh you're on a journey 18 months in man you got a lot yeah there's a lot yeah you got a lot to see yeah very interesting same with me 18 months about april i started april of uh of 2022 so you're a little bit before that susan thanks so much um this episode will be live now, and then you'll also get. Uh, we'll also be putting this out on all the traditional platforms in uh, in a couple of weeks. And again, as I mentioned, Susan, uh, this will go into the transcript. Will go into the Adam Project. Uh, anybody listening can check out theadamproject.org, and that is a mental health resource uh, website. Susan, hang around. I will see you in thirty seconds. Thanks again, everybody. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from Ooh. the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical 
giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.